Hello there. Welcome to this segment and episode of this podcast. Uh, and subsequently, I will be just sharing thoughts in bite size of insight and wisdom from God's word just to help you on the go just something you can just pick and download into your spirit and then it can just help you in your walk with God and in your expression of the kingdom of God on the inside of you today I'll be speaking on restoring the soul and in Psalm 23, the David the psalmist was saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It says, He make me to lie down in green pastures. That is attention to detail. That is, is my shepherd and my sheep. He doesn't just give me dried food to eat, no. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He inspects the grass and then leads me there. Then he leads me beside still waters. Calmness. Then he says, as a result of this diet, he restores my soul. So the diet he gives to me turns out as... The thing he uses to restore my soul. Then he goes on. He said, he leads me after he restores my soul. He takes me on a journey on the path of righteousness for his namesake to reflect the glory and the power and the presence of his person for his namesake. Having done this, Though I now walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil on this journey. After he has restored my soul with this diet, it takes me on a journey. As I walk on this journey, I go through the valley of the shadow of death. And in this valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? He is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. At the end of that journey, I come out and a table is presented, prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, let us backtrack a little bit. So, my shepherd pays attention to my diet. By reason of this diet, he restores my soul. Having restored my soul, it doesn't just leave me there. It takes me on a journey on the path of righteousness to make a name for himself. Then on this journey, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But because my soul has been restored, I fear no evil. So, he deposited, restored, refurbished, realigned, repaired the cracks of my soul so that when he now takes me on a journey through the valley of the shadow of the now it is God I didn't just wander into the valley of the shadow of the no I am actually following the shepherd so the shepherd 
routed me through the path of righteousness for him for his namesake he routed me through the valley of the shadow of death so and this will also make you see that when you go through trials and temptation it doesn't mean you are not led by the spirit into those segments and seasons of your life no the bible says in matthew chapter 4 it said jesus being filled with the holy ghost was driven by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil why god filled him with the holy spirit then sent him into that place of trials and tests so that he can practice and deploy what has been deposited on the inside of him because at the end of that trial is that he's going to be presented with a table in the presence of his enemies and what happened is that as a result of that perfection that has gone through him when he walked to the when he walked to the valley of the shadow of death when he's sitting at the table in the presence of his enemy he will focus on his table and not on the enemy his focus will not be interrupted because he has been built tried and tested strengthened so that when god brings him to the fullness of what god has in store he doesn't lose his focus and the same is with you god the lord is your shepherd he makes you to lie down in green pastures. He supervises your diet. By reason of this diet, he restores your soul. He makes you to walk in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, on this path, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Your rod, his rod and his staff are with you. They comfort you. Then it brings you to a table that is prepared in the presence of your enemy and you don't lose your focus. You are not distracted. He anoints your head with oil. Your capacity and responsibility increases. That is what it means that your cup runs over. Then what happens? As a result of this mastery, because your focus is uninterrupted, what happens is that goodness and mercy becomes your experience. You don't focus on the enemy. You focus on the table. And as a result of your focus on the table that is prepared for you in the presence of your enemies, you do not see anything different. But goodness and mercy begins to emanate in your life. All the days of your life. And by reason of this, you become a host and a custodian of the glory and the presence of God. All the days of your life. Now, speaking of restoring the soul, how does God restore the soul? And why should God restore the soul? The soul is the part of you that hosts your emotion, your will, and your logic, your intelligence. Now, as you come into life first, by reason of the fall of the Adamic nature, the soul is already dilapidated. It has been battered and injured and reconfigured and corrupted by the sin nature. So the soul is not aligned to God anymore. It is aligned to the baser instinct of man, which is his flesh, which is the animalistic part. And the works of the flesh are easily manifested through the soul. 
selfishness, greed, loss, fornication, adultery, weakness of character, indecisiveness, anxiety, low self-esteem. All these things are already riddled into the soul. Pride, arrogance, they are all corruptions of the soul. Unfounded confidence, violence, vengeance, vengefulness. All those things are in the soul. So, and that was not how God created the soul. Seeing the fall of man made the soul corrupted that way. So now, the father now comes. He says, I want to restore your soul. He said, how am I going to do it? I'm going to do it through the diet I give to you. So God wants to restore your soul. Disappointment there has caused the soul to crack on one side. Your will is now weak. You don't stand up and regulate the things that come into your life. You leave your life open. People just say things anyhow. They they use you anyhow. They do things to you anyhow. You are subject to abuse. Not that you are willingly taking it, but you, you can't just stand up for yourself because Life has battered you. People have battered you over and over again. So the will is weak. The soul is weak. Your intellect has been so abused, you decide not to to, to apply it again. You think of yourself as dull, as not as intelligent as other people around you. Your emotions have been so traumatized. Now you live in anxiety, in fright of what somebody will do to you. Or due to past experiences, you live in an anxiety. You live in anxiety with guilt. Every part of your soul is, is corrupted, dilapidated, needing restoration. It's just like you go into a room and you want to change the, you know, the, 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 the scenery in a room or in an office. The walls, the paints are falling off. Moles are growing part of the office because of different things that have been hung on the wall after a while. There are holes in the wall because of electrical work, hanging of curtains, wirings. The wall is, is so defaced. The furniture in the room is creaking and squeaking. So you walk into the room and what do you do? You begin to shave off the, the paint from the wall because you want to give it a new coating. You are going to screed it all over, then give it a new paint. You pick up the furniture. You tear off the hold of phosphorus, you remove the weak foam, you place a new foam on it. Then it, you, 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 you know, you, 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 you work on the wood and you make it all good again. And then you restore that, that, that furniture. Same furniture, but because you remove the foam, you change the wood here, a brace there, you change the upholstery, the you change the, you know, the, the, the fabric on it. And at the end of the day, you put that chair down, nobody even recognized it was the initial chair. Or you repaint the, the, the room and you give it a facelift. And somebody walks into the room and says, wow, you've changed. This room has changed. The furniture has changed. The color has changed. The shelf has changed. Now, that is restoration. So God now says, your soul has been battered by some rejection, some disappointment, some imperiality complex. Here and there, I'm going to restore your soul. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to pay attention to your diet. I'm going to give you green pasture to feed on. And I'm going to make you to lie down beside still waters. These things speak to mental health. So God goes after your mental health and says, I'm giving myself a restoration project 
in this person's soul, in your soul. I want to restore the things that life and situation and people have done to this soul. I want to repair it. So God begins to bring words. His word is the food that restores your soul. That is the green pastor. The word of God is that green pastor. So the Holy Ghost begins to lead you and you, you respond to him as he is your shepherd. You respond to him and you begin to sit down with the word of God. You begin to read through. You begin to listen through. And as you listen and as you read, what happens? It begins to restore your soul. So now, the changes you desire in your soul will never come until you sit with the word of God and allow the shepherd who pays attention to your mental health and the needs of your soul to be able to restore it. The changes. So you feel that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm weak-willed. Oh, I, 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 am, I don't speak with confidence. Oh, I, I feel because of the bullying I've had in the past, I've not been able to stand up for myself in recent time. I can look into the eyes of strangers and confront them when they are doing something wrong to me. I just want to avoid confrontation when I ought to speak and defend people. I can't do why. Because of past injuries done to the soul then god says we are going to restore the soul by introducing to it green pastures steel waters so that this soul can be restored again and then when we refurbish and restore and rebrand and make this soul come alive as new again then we'll go on a journey then we are going to test this person by taking them through the valley of the shadow of death, where they will deploy the restoration of their soul. And then they will fear no evil because they will be conscious of my rod and my staff that is with them. So this is what God is doing for you. When you notice some cracks in your soul, some weakness, some damage in your soul, the shepherd is saying, let me restore it. I pay attention to your mental health. I am interested in restoring your soul. Sit with my word. Listen to my word. Let me use green pastures and still water. In, in, in Galatians, Ephesians rather, chapter 5 verse 26, the Bible says, Jesus washes and cleanses the church, the body of Christ, with the washing of water by his rhema. So God begins to introduce his rhema, his revealed word to your soul. Those words begin to gain access into your soul, they begin to reshape, refurbish, scrape away old paints, remove old furniture, and begin to give it a new facelift, a new coating, such that when your soul begins to manifest itself again, confidence is there, wisdom is apparent, boldness is seen. So God gives you his word. So if you are looking for a change in the, in the configuration of your soul, the Lord is your shepherd. He said, you shall not want. And that means the Lord. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Many times we turn that I shall not want to only material things. But no. David is saying here. He said, he restores my soul. So even before you talk about the food on your table and the clothes on your back. He's saying, I shall not want. Want, that want is anything that I need. So I shall not want for wisdom. I shall not want for confidence. I shall not want for good sense of self-esteem. 
I shall not want for, for understanding. I shall not want for boldness. I shall not want for forthrightness. I shall not want for love in my soul. I've, I've, been, I've been mistreated by people I trusted in the past. So now I have trust issues. I am rude towards people. I'm insecure. I find it hard to love again. I shall not want for healing and for love flowing out from my spirit through my soul into people. I shall not want for anything that my soul needs. So, the good shepherd is not just interested in the food on your table and the clothes on your back and the projects you have. No, he's interested in your mental health. He wants to restore your soul. You will not want. Let's say that together with me right now. Say it together with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for the restoration of my soul. I shall not want for confidence. I shall not want for positive self-esteem. I shall not want for wisdom. I shall not want for love expressed from my spirit through my soul. I shall not want for grace and understanding. I shall not want for favor. I shall not want for discipline in my soul. I shall not want for the strength of my will. Are you saying that? The Lord is my shepherd. So I introduce the ministry of the shepherd as the one who takes care and watches over your soul today. Who takes care and watches over your soul by giving you green pasture. He gives you his word to reconfigure your soul. So, your part is to feed. That is your job. His job because he is intentional about his job. He is already assessing the cracks and the creaks in your soul right now. So he has that on lockdown. Your job is to open up to him and feed on the green pastures he's giving you and lie down beside the still waters he's bringing you beside and then follow him on the journey as it takes you on the path of righteousness and don't shrink back when he leads you through the valley of the shadow of death because that is where you deploy the restoration of your soul so that you come to a place of strength where you fear no evil because at the end of the day you are sitting at the table and your focus is strong and sharper and you not focus on the enemy but rather on the table. This makes you a person whose head is anointed with fresh oil. Your responsibility increases, so also your capacity to meet those responsibilities increase. And then you come to a place where goodness and mercy are chasing you down all the days of your life and you dwell in the house of the Lord. You become a resident of the house of the Lord and not just that, you become a living host. Everywhere you go, you carry the presence, you live a life of favor. You carry the presence. No difficulty can stand before you. Because the Bible says, it said, what did you see, Jordan, that you fled? So when you carry the presence, all the days of your life, when you step in the midst of the Jordans and the difficulties and the unpass and the, and the roadblocks in life, in business and in, in relationship, because you carry the presence, your soul has been restored. You've gone through the valley of the shadow of death. You've sat at the table. Your focus has been in uninterrupted, even in the presence of your enemy. Then you are a host of that presence. And then when you stand in the midst of situation, they give way. They give way. So this is how God restores your soul. So sit with the green pastures. Feed on his word. Let his revealed insights begin to come to you. 
in Psalm chapter 119, verse 130, I believe. He said, the entrance of your words, not one, several words. He said, he said, give light. And then what happened? He said, they give understanding to the simple. So if you've been simple and foolish about how you went about life before, the entrance of his words will begin to bring light. Imagine when in Genesis 1, and I'm going to close with it, when God was going to restore the earth, because the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became, God didn't create the earth to be void and without form. No, that was not the beginning. Something happened between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. That's what you call. <clears throat> yes, the gap theory. Between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Now, that's in theology. And then God wanted to restore the earth because it was now void and without form. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. What did he introduce? He said words. Let there be light. He said the entrance of your words give what? Light. So as you sit down with that green parcel, light begins to come. And then when he created the light, he separated the light from the darkness. So God begins to change the landscape of your soul. It begins to redefine how you see yourself, how you perceive yourself, how you relate with people, the force of your personality and your nature. It begins to redefine it by the words, the ramas, the revealed insight. It begins to point to your soul. And that is how it begins to shape your thought, begins to shape your soul. It begins to restore your soul so that you become a person. That can host his presence. Let there be light. And there was a then it began. Let the moon come. Let the sun come. Let the grass grow out of the air. Let the cattle come. You see the cattle come. You see that now. So it begins to introduce restoration through his word. So I'll leave you with this. Are you looking for? Have you noticed some creaks, some cracks, some corruption in your soul? Just turn to the dimension of the shepherd. Is your shepherd. You shall not want. So sit down at the green pasture. Lie down beside the still waters and see him restore your soul. Let him restore your soul. I hope this helped you. I hope this blessed you one way or the other. Thank you so much for listening and your time. You can also share with this with someone who you think will need it or will be blessed by it. And God will surely help them from wherever they are, to where he wants them to be. Thank you, and God bless you.